0: Praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio today and uh, we are uh, endeavoring to begin a new series and I don't know how long it'll be but just some uh, clarification on uh, the phrase we're going to be discussing the deep things of God and uh, we, we really need to look at that in the scriptures because there's so much uh, uh so much stuff that's out there in the church today trying to direct the you know god's people into the deep things of God, so you know we we can't just get up and say things and we can't just sit and listen to things we have to get in the Word of God, we have to uh go look at the phrases that men are using and let the word of God teach you and explain to you and bring clarity to the Word of God. I I can't explain the Word of God to you. The Holy Spirit has to do that. He he explains it, He imparts it, and He guides us into all truth if we're willing to go, if we have spirit-taught hearts. So, uh, let's just begin this morning uh, by... Looking at the first scripture here, maybe the main scripture we'll use today in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And as you've noticed, we're at lunch, and that's when I'm going to start doing my Monday and Friday uh, sessions here at lunch. uh, Just changing some things around for more than one or two reasons, but uh, I just encourage you uh, to try to get used to it, and and if you can't follow us at lunch, then you can catch us on the upload on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or the YouTube channel later, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or you can find this on the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page. So let's look this morning at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and let's just read verses 9 and 10 before we look at this in, in, in its full-blown context because that's, that's what we have to do. I, 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 God does not allow me to take a Bible verse and do with it what I will. That The Holy Spirit has declared the Word to the men who wrote the Word, and He's the only one who can bring forth the meaning the experience the true revelation and uh, he's always going to do that through the revelation of Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary that is by the way the the avenue through which the revelation of Jesus comes is what he did at Calvary so let's read verses 9 and 10 here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and and and, and look at what it says but as it is written Eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, again, let me say today that I do not have the right nor the authority to take these scriptures and to use them in all sorts of different avenues and different ways but the Bible says I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 that we're supposed to all be speaking the same thing. So there can't be one interpretation of a scripture and then another interpretation of a scripture. Now, most of the church will teach you there can be, but there cannot be. Here, this was written in the context of what we'll see is being written here, and we must know context. If we don't know context of what's written, then we will, and we surely have, and most still are, taking scriptures for some special whatever and trying to stuff that scripture in their experience. But my friend, you can't take the Word of God and put it in your experience. The Word of God is what the Holy Spirit uses to bring you into the experience and the expression of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. You must understand that. You might have what you and I call our favorite scripture. Uh, Mine's written from Genesis to Revelation all the way through. It's hard to say I have a favorite scripture. But uh, uh, you you cannot just take a scripture, put it on the refrigerator, and quote it every day hoping that God's going to bring that to pass. The Holy Spirit is the one who gave us the word that saved us, the gospel. And if he's going to deliver us into any more truth, It's going to be because we're allowing him to bring the word into our lives that we individually need at every moment of our lives. And the purpose of this will always be, as I've already stated, to experience Christ and to express Christ. I can only express Jesus as much as I am experiencing Jesus. The scriptures are not for all sorts of things. You might say, well, they're to teach me how to pray, teach me to go out and be a witness. You're absolutely right. But all those things, if they're not the expression of Jesus, then it's just us doing stuff even many times in a deceitful and deceptive way, and we don't know it for a long time. I'm talking. I'm speaking from experience. Uh, you can be doing a lot of things only to be seen doing them. And I'm telling you, folks, uh, that is happening in a in a massive way in today's church. If you don't think it's a reality, then you have to look at what Jesus said is going to be happening at the great white throne judgment when. Uh, Many people tell him, uh, didn't we do this and didn't we do that in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. So we better make sure that we are doing, but that what we're doing is being led by the Spirit according to the Spirit of truth that will only guide us into the truth of God's Word. And he cannot do that if we're holding God's words outside Of its context of truth that always shows righteousness and holds our feet to the path of righteousness with the fruits of his righteousness so we're gonna look today at what the Bible calls the deep things of God and let's read this again in verse 9 and 10 and let this sink into our hearts today before we back up and read what's being written here In context but as it is written I has not seen nor ear heard neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit see it takes the Spirit of God to know what God has prepared for us for the Spirit searches all things yea the deep things of god it takes the holy spirit to know the deep things of god to reveal them to us and to be able to guide us into those things but again before we move back into the the, up further uh, at the beginning of this chapter i cannot and i do not have the right nor the authority to just take this and to use it to to manipulate God's people or to appease my own lustful flesh or or any other reason. I must take the things the Holy Spirit is revealing to me and use it and allow Him to bring it to pass in my life. But if I don't know the context of this, it's not going to work for me. Because if I don't know the context, then I'm not seeing it right. And that means I'm not partaking of it, right? You see, we can only see to the degree that we're tasting. We can only see to the degree that we're tasting, and we can only taste according to how we're hearing. Hearing comes by faith, but really that's based on how we're hearing because how we're hearing is what is determining what and how we're tasting of something. Jesus warned us, you better take heed how you hear and what you hear. There are many people today who cannot hear properly because they can't get past the the speaker or the minister, something about them they don't like, so they just throw them out completely and they can't hear anymore anymore. That what God's offering through them because they won't listen to them anymore because there was something they didn't like about them, so they just turn them off. And unfortunately for many people, God has chosen certain individuals to be able to speak into our lives. And if we turn them off, then we're going to miss out on some things that we could have had that we won't. So let's back up to the first chapter, I mean, this, this, the first verse in this second chapter, and, and read this in its context. You see, you have to understand uh, there's things written to this church in Corinth, and one of the main problems, it, not one of, the main problem, and the main reason this letter was written to the church in Corinth is because uh, the church there was divided among just following leaders, different leaders. I'm of Apollos, I'm of Peter, I'm of Christ, I'm of Paul, I'm of, just separated. <laughs> and that is inevitably going to be the case wherever the cross of Christ is not center, the centerpiece, the, the boast and the message and what we're striving together for. Remember Philippians 1 and 27 The Bible plainly tells us that we are to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel. If that's not what's happening, we're divided. Even if it seems for a short season, we're in this. We're all together, but eventually there will be a wall built and we will be separated. And every wall that's built outside the the wall that God built, being the walls of salvation, every wall that's built outside of that wall is a wall that we build and it divides us. And the only reason that happens is because we move away from the one thing that brought us together and made us one and that's the message of the cross, faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And even though we all say we believe that, we're not all believing in that now. We're not all preaching that now. If you'll remember, the Lord told me to start the ministry that he's given us here some almost 19 years ago. And he told me when I told him, there's 500 churches in this region, Lord. And he said, but they're not preaching my gospel. And it would... I would learn more and more about what he meant by that through the years, that they mention it, but they're not preaching it. They're not determined to know nothing else. They're they're not boasting in that alone. They think that other things are needed. Instead of all things seen through the Lamb slain, they think, that other things are needed. And so they say, let's put prayer over here, the cross over there, fasting over here, faith over here, instead of of learning that, you know, we're not supposed to preach the cross and the whole counsel of God. We're supposed to be learning to be determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified so that we can preach the cross as the whole council of God. And that's what we need to do, my friends. That's If we don't learn to do that, then we're helping stabilize the walls that have divided us. And it doesn't matter what anybody says. There's only one thing God did to bring His church together and to make them one with Him and one with each other. And that's He brought us to Calvary and He saved us there. And that's when we look away we begin to look for instruments and materials to build walls. That's all we're doing. When we look away from Calvary, we're looking for instruments and materials to begin to build walls that divide, whether it be the baptism with the Holy Spirit, or though we don't believe that, or we do believe that, instead of just staying focused on the Lamb, and therefore if we're focused on the Lamb, He can guide us all into truth into all truth and but if we we're not willing to stay the course and learn to be come more determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified then we're going to find ourselves taking scriptures and trying to sound like we're really something oh the deep things of God and oh if you're not this oh if you're not that and it gets right down to the silliness if you're not in our building or in our denomination or in our, and we, and then we begin to treat people different literally because they're not a part of the deep things God is doing in our ministry. Oh, God forbid. That's what, But that's what happens when we uh, take our eyes off the Lamb. I never thought of it before, but it's true. When we take our eyes off the Lamb, we begin to look for instruments and materials that we need to build the walls that will divide us. So, let's get into this today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, And work our way down to where the Holy Spirit tells us the deep things, we read it, the deep things of God are going to be revealed and imparted to us by the Spirit of God. And it's the things that He's prepared for them that love Him. And notice the wording here, it doesn't say for them that love Him. Him. It's, I mean, for them that he loves. I'm sorry, let's get this right. It doesn't say here, for those that he loves. So you got to be careful right here. Many people say that I know God loves me. I know God loves me, and you better know God loves you, and I don't think we'll ever fully know the depth of that in this life, but you have to know God loves you. You have to know God loves you and that love surpasses everything imaginable. He does love us. But you but you have to understand Jesus taught those that love me will be found obeying me. Not be, he didn't say those that know I love them, although that's required, but let me say to you and I've been there in my experience, and millions are there now. They know God loves them, but they're in bondage after bondage, oppression, depression, chains of, of, of sinful bondages in their lives, and they'll tell you they know God loves me. But listen, they, they don't understand the Word teaches that God has prepared things for those that love Him. And it is with that same love he shed abroad in our heart that we that's the only love by which we can love him through that love he shed abroad in our heart through faith in the sacrifice of Christ his Son, where that love was manifest first john four nine and ten that's where the love of God was manifest to us, uh, offered to us, to be imparted in us so that we could, in return with that love, love our Savior and our Father. And when our love for Him is right, uh, then we'll be found walking with Him in that love. So we've got to remember that. So he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Now he's writing this because others did come with the excellency of speech, the ability to talk so well and just lay the scriptures out from old. Just, I mean, they could really lay it out. Uh, uh, But he says, and I, brothers, when I came to you, I did not come to you with the ability to speak with some sort of excellence or of wisdom Declaring unto you the testimony of God. Let's read it. And I, brothers, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. you you got to understand, my friend, this is not just for Paul in his ministry. This is written by the Holy Spirit to Paul, to this church, but also to you and me. If we don't make it to the place of growing and maturing to the place where we have determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, then we're, we're th- listen, then we cannot be always being We cannot always be being in a place where we're redeeming the time. We're wasting time to the amount of time we spend not determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified is to that degree the amount of time we're wasting. And I want to say that again. The more we learn to be determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, to that same degree will we be found not just talking about redeeming the time, but redeeming the time and no longer wasting the time. So this is for us, and there's other scriptures that prove this, that Paul would deliver to this same church in the second letter, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, where he talks about us who are alive are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Well, here, that's another confirmation of this scripture. Paul had to learn this the hard way. And and anybody who steps into this place of being determined to know nothing other than Jesus Christ and him crucified is moving into the deeper work of the Holy Spirit. The deeper work of the Holy Spirit is a deeper understanding of what happened at Calvary and the experience of that. So the reason we're even having this session today is because all of these years and for so many other years before I even was uh, uh, knowledgeable about the cross of Christ and how it pertains to every moment of my life, there are many out there, many out there who are saying, We've got to move on from the cross. We've got to go on into the deeper things of God. And let me say, when you stop touching Calvary, listen, you're not going deeper into the things of God. You're going deeper into a place of darkness. The light of God shines in the deep things of God. But there isn't... Anything deeper than the love of God. There isn't anything deeper than the revelation of what God did in Christ on Calvary's cross to reveal to us His love, His mercy, and His grace and the experience. Of Christ in our lives being expressed through our acceptance of where God is always delivering us unto God's not delivering you to something different than he's delivering any of his people who were alive in Christ Jesus to it's always the death of Jesus because that is the place the only place where we can go deeper god 's not going to always deliver you to something so that you if if there were something other you needed to go deeper into the cross and your legitimate and deliberate and conscious mind on your Savior and what he did at Calvary throughout the entirety of the scriptures is how the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us the deep things of God that have been prepared for us by God. And everything he's prepared for us, he prepared it in Christ before the foundation of the world and manifested on the cross on a hill called Calvary in His Son. There's not going to be any deeper revelation with God. The deeper things of God are not going to be revealed to you just because you got baptized with the Holy Spirit and now we're able to speak in other tongues. Uh, uh, many, Many are of nothing but foolishness that have experienced that because they put their faith in that, and they moved away from the one place where the deep things of God are revealed to us by the Spirit, and that is in the death of Jesus. It's such a beautiful thing, and I know that most won't receive this, but I hear it constantly said. Constantly, so many times through the years, and even I said it myself. The first time I heard ministers ministering on the focus of Calvary and and that it's it's, it's the only place the Holy Spirit will be able to work in your life based on Romans 8 and 2 for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Again, that's Romans 8 and 2. And the first time I heard it, I remember it like it was moments ago. I turned the radio off or I changed the channel in the car and I said, what in the world are they talking about the foundational basics for? Why have they gone back to the cross. Why have they gone back to where we started? See, that mindset is there for the babe in Christ. And my friend, make, make no uh, bones about it. It doesn't matter how long you, you, you that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and able to speak in other tongues. There is no going on into the deeper things of God if our faith is not in what God did in Christ at Calvary. That's why uh, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're able to speak in other tongues, uh, and and we move our faith in that very object now away from the cross. Oh, we say we're still believing in the cross, but then when we get convicted of sin, we go to speaking in tongues instead of going back to Calvary. Or when somebody uh, needs healed, we we try to get them filled, thinking that being filled with the Holy Ghost is going to bring the physical healing. or, 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 or when, when we've been deceived, and that's what it is, my friends, to, to start thinking that you're going to be able to mature and grow and experience deliverance from sinful bondages just because you got filled with the Holy Spirit and you're able to speak in other tongues now. The Bible doesn't teach that anywhere. The Bible does teach that we're justified by the blood of Jesus. We're drawn near to God by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And... uh you won't find scriptural evidence to where the object of faith is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. What you'll find is there's one faith and there's one object of faith, and that's Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, that offered you that measure through your faith, your heart's trusting in his death on Calvary's cross. So we're working our way through this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And again, you, you, can't, you can't talk about this enough staying in the context of what's written here and why it was written and to whom it was written, to a church that was divided by people people that you know people who were speaking into their lives who were able to really speak well and move them with the wisdom of men's words so let's watch this and let's read this again it's beautiful to me and it'll be beautiful to you if you just make your mind up and, and you let the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth and you quit just listening to men shaking your head amen and glory to God and thank you Jesus when you don't even know what they're talking about. The church is full of puppets today. We just sit out there and do this because we're feeling something, but my friend, you you ain't feeling what you, you you might have feelings, but if it's not the truth of the scriptures, then you're just feeling some emotion taking place, and that's not going to get you where you need to be with the Lord. In your conditional experience right now and I brethren when I came to you I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God notice Paul says I did come declaring the testimony of God but I didn't come and do it with words that sound so eloquent and excellent to you or of wisdom that's of men he says because i determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. One thing we learn right here, and if you can't, then there's something wrong with the way you're hearing or how you're hearing, and that is that the testimony of God is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if you can't come to agreement on that, then you will never, Ever, according to the Scriptures, go into the deep things of God, even though you got born again. Let me say that again. If you can't come to the agreement that the testimony of God is the testimony of His Son and what His Son did on the cross, then you can never go into the deep things of God. And our flesh will manipulate, uh, I said, my flesh will deceitfully manipulate me, deceiving me, thinking that I'm going into the deep things of God while my faith is not literally, deliberately, and consciously in the death of Jesus. And that's what I'm trusting in. See, and let me give you a little uh, knowledge here. I hope that you could... Hear it according to the scriptures. If your faith is in the sacrifice, I'm not talking about that's what it was in that saved you, although it had to be. I'm talking about now. A little bit of of example here. And and, and this has helped so many people over the last two or three years through this ministry God has given us. While you are trusting in the Lamb, you're not going to be doing that big piece of stupid. While you while you are trusting from your heart in the lamb. Romans 6:16 6, calls it serving obedience under righteousness. While you are making your calling and election sure, God's word says you won't stumble, you won't fall. It's when we're not beholding the Lamb. It's when we're not trusting in the Lamb that we knock holes in the sheep rock. It's when we're not trusting in Christ and Him crucified that we make eyes at somebody we shouldn't be making eyes at. Or we're uh, uh, returning the eyelash movement to those that are making eyes at us. Or we're doing things, we shouldn't looking at things, we shouldn't doing things, we shouldn't. All that happens in the life of a Christian while they are not trusting in Christ and Him crucified. And you can't get away from the reality of that. And that's why, that lets us know that Christianity is a moment-by-moment moment experience. Not a, just a, a ever once in a while. Our God will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. But what's he doing while he's here with us 24-7? The Bible says in Job 7:18 that he's trying us every moment. Well, what's that mean? That means, if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11, that he's delivering you unto the death of Jesus always. That's where he's trying you, to see if you will moment by moment trust, behold in that lamb. Because 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 tell us we're only being conformed into the image of That glorious image, the glory of the Lord that we're beholding in Philippians 3 and 10 tell us that it's the death of Jesus that we're being made conformable to. Oh, somebody just got a hold of that today. See, that right there will cause the spirit-taught heart of the child of God to press on in to being determined to know nothing else. Oh, we're not talking about just using the word determined. That won't get you anything. It's the heart that's learning to trust and behold and trust and behold and trust and behold the Lamb of God slain every moment. Did I say we do it every moment? No, I didn't. What I did say, it's in the moments that we're not that we get ourselves in trouble. Oh, somebody said, I know what you're talking about, preacher. Somebody said, I know exactly what you're talking about, preacher. And this is why the Holy Spirit writes this to you and me. Can you receive it? Will you hear it? Will you accept it as truth for you? I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And here's what it looked like when it came in. Here's what the Holy Spirit through Paul looked like when it came in. Watch, And I was with you in weakness. Remember what the Bible teaches in 2 Corinthians 13.4 that Christ was crucified through weakness, but yet he lives by the power of God. And if you go on and read that verse, it blew me away last year. And it's still shocking, but it says, We also are weak in him but yet we live with him by the power of God see all your Christian life you can think that you're strong in Christ but the Bible doesn't say that the Bible says we are weak in him we are we also are weak in him now Paul wrote to Timothy and said be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus You've got to find the grace of God. It's only found in Christ Jesus, that meaning through your faith in his death so that you can find his power and his strength through his grace that he tasted death by on the cross, Hebrews 2.9, so that you can find your place of strength by grace in him. But you are weak in Christ, but you can live by... The The power of God with him. Watch now. And I was with you in weakness... And in fear, this is the fear of the Lord. Remember, it's through the fear of the Lord, the promise is the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He shows them His covenant. Paul didn't come rushing in just talking about the benefits of the covenant, he come walking in talking about the covenant. Because if you're not looking at the covenant, you're not going to have the benefits of the covenant in your conditional experience. Experience Here, remember, you've got to be beholding the glory of the Lord, which is to described to us that which we're being changed into and going from glory to glory. you got to be able to rightly divide the Word of God and know what that picture is because it's not different for all of us. It's different in our imaginations, but we can't live on our imaginations and try to get other people to see it in our heads the way we've got it written up in our imaginations. So though. it's the truth of God's Word we have to be in agreement upon and the truth of God's Word says in Philippians 3 10 that we're being made conformable unto Christ's death hallelujah love not gonna work for you faith not gonna work for you unity is not gonna be scriptural for you unless you are beholding the lamb being changed into that glorious image that God saw He called that the glory of the Lord. And the reason he does is because when he saw his son dying on Calvary's cross, that's what he saw, my friends, that he declared he's going to make everyone who believes upon him conformable to that very image, that perfect humility, that perfect obedience in the man who was perfectly and wholeheartedly and completely trusting in his father's righteous judgment. You can read that in Peter. Peter's writings. That's what was going on on Calvary's cross. That's what God the Father stamped His glory on. And that is, my friend, the image you have to be seeing to be able to be being changed into that image. It doesn't come by you declaring it, it comes by you. (laughs) beholding it and believing that work of Christ he performed in his death and you trusting in that alone. And Paul came into this camp believing that and, and only presenting that because he knew this. And I hope you and I are learning this along this procession here in our learning that The deep things of God are not outside of this context. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Many a man has woke up in the morning and had a dream that night and claimed it was from God and went and grabbed them some scriptures and tried to become something in all that, tried to call that a move of God. Let me tell you something, my friend. If you had a dream of God, it's going to be be confirmed by the Word of God. And the Word of God is Jesus Christ. and that word, that dream, that whatever, if it's of God, it's going to exalt and magnify Christ and edify the body. You need to if that's not what's not just edify and make the body feel good, the first step is the exaltation of Christ. If that's not what is bringing the edification to the body, then it's just fleshly feelings and emotions. For the edification of the body to be happening scripturally, Christ must be being exalted, and Christ is not going to be exalted unless our faith is legitimately, (coughs) deliberately, consciously in that very thing that allowed God to exalt him and give him a seat at his right hand. Y'all doing all right today? (coughs) So, Paul says, I was with you in weakness (coughs) and in fear and in much trembling. (coughs) Excuse me, these, these are not just words that we should read past, just as we looked at. Weakness and how Christ was crucified through weakness and we also are weak in him. But he and we with him now live by the power of God. But not if our faith doesn't remain in. I'm not talking about, I have to say this all the time. Because Christians, will. Hear, well of course we all, we all believe in the cross. Let me bring the reality home again. I understand that we all as God's children believe the cross happened and that we've been saved by the blood that was shed there by our Savior, but are you trusting in that on your job every day, in your marriage when she or he tries to do this? Is that is, what you, is that what you are reaching for? Is that is what you're striving together for? The faith of the gospel, which is the same thing as the faith of Christ who loved us and gave himself, which is the same thing as the only faith we've been given that measure of. That faith, the faith of the Son of God that we live by, Galatians 2.20, is the faith of the gospel. We need to understand these things. So we all believe the cross happened. We all believe that's how we were saved. But when it comes time where we're 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 being tempted by the world, the devil, or our own flesh. What do we reach for? What do we what do we listen, what do we start doing in those moments? Because like I said, I've I've seen people that think because we've been filled with the Holy Ghost and we can speak in other tongues that we can, speak, our, we can speak, speak in other tongues to get ourselves out of this meth, mess and that's not in your Bible. That only buries you up deeper because you're trusting in something you're doing and not what Christ did at Calvary. God's never given you anything but His Son and what His Son did at Calvary for you to be able to trust in. I need to say that again. We can see what's offered to us as gifts and blessings, but God's never given us but one object to put our faith in, and that's the death of his son. If that weren't the case, then why is he always delivering me unto death? For Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus, the one he wants to see expressed in and through us, can be expressed in these mortal fleshly bodies. He's not given us anything to put our faith in. We need to understand this. So when we see Paul saying here, by the power of the Holy Spirit writing this to the church in Corinth, to you and me, I was with you in weakness. The message of the cross brings you in as a minister in weakness because you're you're trusting exclusively In what God has given you to minister in the context of Jesus Christ and him crucified see when we when we stop when we start moving away from the cross even though in the name of we got to teach this and we got to no, you got to teach what you teach in the light of the cross because ain't no light shining from nowhere else the light of the knowledge of the glory of God only shines into our hearts from the face of the Lord Jesus Christ And if you'll remember, in the Old Testament, God told Moses, when Moses said, I want to see your glory, show me your glory, he said, I'll pass by and I'll declare my name to you. I'll I'll show you my glory. And he did. And, And it's Exodus 32 and 33 and 34, right in there. Beautiful it is. But he told Moses, I'll pass by. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. But that's the only place anybody can see the glory is that's, that's symbolic of us being in, in Christ because you're not going to see the glory unless you're in the cleft of the rock who is Christ, that pierced rock, Jesus being pierced for our sins at Calvary. He told Moses, he said, I'll pass by, but you can't look upon my face. No, nobody can see my face and live. You can only see my hind parts. And really, if you think about this, he was telling Moses, Uh, you can only look from behind and watch where I'm headed. Watch where I'm going. You you can only look Behind everything I'm doing, everything I've done up to this point has pointed to what I'm going to do to show you my glory, what I'm going to do to allow you to have that hope of glory in you. He said, But you can't see my face. You can only look behind me. And I believe with all my heart he was talking about uh, you, you can only watch uh, the trail I'm leaving and where I'm going. Hallelujah. My Lord, that's good stuff. That, 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 that's powerful stuff. But in the New Covenant, now because Jesus has come, laid his life down and raised it up again, we can now look upon the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that in 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, that the light that shines out of darkness has shined into our hearts through the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But what happened to us when we saw the glory of God in the face of God, in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. What happened to us? We died. We died. And we were born again. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So there's no light coming from heaven that doesn't shine through Christ and Him crucified onto the pages of God's Word then, written Word then that become can become the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. Outside of the revelation of the cross, we're doing with God's word what our flesh is deceitfully and deceptively and manipulatively doing with it we're mishandling it if we're not handling it in the light of the one who said I am the light and what he did as the lamb to become our light we're mishandling the word of God doesn't matter what you're teaching on if you're going to teach on it by the unction of the Holy Spirit you're not going to just get up and read it you're going to be used of God in weakness and fear and much trembling to bring the people of God into understanding what's being taught and it's going to result in a, in a, the exaltation of Christ, learning Christ and exalting Christ and becoming more determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Hallelujah. It's such a beautiful thing. How, how could we s- <coughs> set the bouquet that God put on the table and try to replace it with something else and that's what we do when we start changing the wording Because they're using it now And we don't want to be associated With them Or changing the wording Because it's not bringing the money in And we need to to Do something different God's not going to do anything different He's not going to do anything different The new thing God's doing Was offered 2,000 years ago On a hill called Calvary Hallelujah And if we'll believe that We'll become new creations in Christ And we'll learn to walk in Christ as the determined people of God that he's called us to be. Hallelujah. So again in verse 3 he says, I was with you in weakness and in fear, and again, he he's talking about this, this state he was in at the leading of the Holy Spirit, that he comes in in weakness. Listen, Paul was educated. Paul could pour out some stuff, but he wasn't called to do that. He was called to come in in the weakness that he knew he, he was weak in Christ Jesus, uh, but he knew by the grace of God he could be strong in Christ, but that... That's not some outward show of strength physically and in the flesh. The outward show of the grace of God comes through an appearance of weakness. Look at the cross, my friend. Jesus wasn't up there muscle bound jesus jesus the bible says second corinthians 13 4 was crucified through weakness why did he have to be crucified through weakness because only in weakness is god's strength made perfect and that is defined in god's word as god's grace his strength being made perfect and jesus was tasting death by the grace of God, Hebrews 2:9, and that had to be done through weakness. So the messengers of righteousness today, as always, they come in in weakness, knowing that that that, that they're going to look physically and fleshly to the people like 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 uh, uh, weak. That we don't come in with all this pomp and all this all this stuff, we just come in with the simplicity of Christ because we know that if they don't get the truth of Christ and Him crucified, they're not getting anything from God in a maturing and growing way. Yes, God makes the sun shine on even the lost. Let's it rain on even the lost. But those who are growing and maturing and finding deliverance daily from themselves and this world and the devil, they're the ones who are finding God's grace in a weakened state through faith and what their Savior did through weakness. So these things are very uh, 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 symbolic to us here of the state of the uh, of the messengers of righteousness that God sends. They're going to be found in weakness and in fear, because it's those who have the secret of the Lord that fear the Lord and it's those he's showing his covenant. You you can't just sit there and say, Well, you're using scripture under you No, my friend, the scriptures that we use all point to Calvary. The fear that Paul came in to this church of Corinth in was the fear of the Lord. That the Bible, let's look over in Proverbs 14 while we have some time. Proverbs 14, I love this. Proverbs 14 and 26 and 27. I hope you're writing it down. Take notes uh, and let the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, impart this beautiful truth into your heart today. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. In the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence. And his children, the Lord's children, shall have a place of refuge. What's our place of refuge? Christ and him crucified. Colossians 3 says we're dead and hidden with Christ. In God, he is our refuge because our faith is in what he did at Calvary to get rid of the old man and the new man is hidden with Christ in God. Watch verse 27. Now see how the fear of the Lord relates to Christ and what he did at Calvary and our faith in that one object. Watch, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Well, who is our life? It's Jesus, and what allows him to be the fountain, what is the fountain of Christ's life that flows to us? It's the work of the Holy Spirit given to us because that blood was shed, that fountain of blood. Hallelujah. Watch this. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart From the snares of death. What's the one thing that delivers from death? The sacrifice of Christ. Do you see how beautiful that is? You you can't avoid it. And then he says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Do you know Isaiah, let me see if I can find that with a couple of minutes left. I don't have any notes here today. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, hear from the Lord. And, and let's see if we can find this in Isaiah 66. Here, here it is in Isaiah 66, verse uh, uh, 2. For all those things has my hand made, and all those things have been have been saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite, that means broken spirit, and trembles at my word. Trembles at my word. Not trembles when other people come around, but trembles at my word. Do you tremble at God's word? Paul says that he came into this church in Corinth in weakness, no physical strength to show, and in fear, the fear of the Lord, the value of God and His Son's sacrifice, and in much trembling. Trembling. At the word of God that reveals this one move, this one way, this one place of salvation and this one way of experiencing salvation being in being determined to accept nothing other than Christ and him crucified for all the grace that God is offering. Whether it be grace that initially saved us through faith or the grace we need now to be found serving God reverently in holiness and righteousness. Doesn't matter. Is your life one of weakness? And I'm not talking about because you ain't nobody in the community. I'm talking about weakness because your faith is in what Christ did through weakness on the cross. Is your life one of the fear of the Lord? Is your life one of much trembling at the word of God? Because in the context, hear me now, in the context of this scripture right here, which the Holy Spirit is guiding them down to show them the deep things of God. The deep things of God are only found in Christ, the well of our salvation the whale we might talk about that on on the next session the whales of our salvation this has been good and encouraging to me today and I know that it's helping those who have a spirit taught heart those who are looking for truth looking for tr- some of you trying to make up your mind as you watch certain ministers still wallowing around and won't make their mind up whether we need to always talk about the cross or just sometimes or just sometimes bring it in or we need to we, we need to talk about some things without the cross and, and while, listen and let me i'm closing but let me say this i have watched with my own eyes over the last two or three years people make decisions to just surrender to this way and the fire of God lights them up we got people in our church right now that over the past couple years that we just all this place uh, this place trying to decide is it really all about Christ and crucified and once they just said yes to the truth of the scriptures that guide this way the fire of God lit them up. And, and I also watched others that chose not to go this way, but to believe others who were still wallowing all over. And really, what we do when, when our minds aren't made up, we're staggering and tripping all over the cross instead of just taking it up and following Jesus. It's been good today. I hope you'd find us... This coming Friday here at noon, we're going to start doing the cross time with Pastor Curtis at noon. So make sure you have your Bibles ready, your pencils, your paper, and a heart ready to receive of the truth of the gospel throughout the Word of God. And let's talk some more this Friday at lunch about the deep things of God. Because this is a place God wants all of His church, all of the body of Christ to be found dwelling and experiencing i pray his touch be upon you today in a mighty way and i know it is if your heart is touching the christ of calvary blessed be the name of the lord hallelujah to the lamb i pray god's touch be upon every aspect of your being body soul and spirit and whatever it is that you think is lacking today before the sun goes down you'll find your shepherd in the provision that He is in all things to you. Hallelujah to the Lamb. If God stirs your heart to to give an offering to Him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely everything nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.